Well, we're ending our three-part series on the expression, the perfect expression of everything. Today, the title of my message is, Jesus is the perfect expression of life. We kind of did this series in in reverse, kind of a little backwards, and we're talking about the expression, the perfect expression of the life of Jesus, but today we're talking about his birth. And you know, sometimes we can go through the motions of thinking about this time of the year and the birth of Jesus. But what I want to talk about today is, man, how, how that literally happened. The fact that it actually happened the way it happened was so supernatural and nothing like that's ever happened ever on planet Earth. But what it did was pave the way for you and I to be free and to be delivered and to be empowered and to be on top and not underneath, to live above circumstances and not circumstances overtaking us. That's what his birth produced for us. And, and, but just the miraculous in regards to his birth is, to me, the perfect expression of, of life itself. And, the, and when, when Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, in the moment of conception was, was new life. That new life process took effect the moment of conception in her womb. And today, there's controversy over you know, when someone, when a child is actually alive, I'm not here to debate those things with people, but I know that life begins, the Bible's clear about it, that life begins at the moment of conception. In other words, when, when a person is conceived, in the moment of conception, they're complete, they're whole, they're a whole being. And that being increases and it, and it, and it develops and it, and it moves and it, and it begins, it becomes what it was created to be, but it's whole the moment of conception. And when Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, he was whole and complete, and he was new life for humanity. And, and, it's, and he is that perfect expression to you and I. And so we're going to just look at that today. And I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 1 where we started and uh, just look at the couple of scriptures that we that birthed this message and um, go from there. Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, and verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. He spoke to us now through his Son. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory, everybody say the brightness, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So in other words, Jesus is the perfect expression of the Father the express image of who the Father is, the perfect expression. 
And we defined um, last Sunday, I defined an expression as the process of making known one's thoughts or feelings. The process of making known. So, in the way that we've defined this perfect expression in Jesus and who he is, that he is the perfect expression of healing. He's the perfect expression of prosperity. He's the perfect expression of peace. That through him, the thoughts and the feelings of the Father would be expressed to all of humanity. And today, as we're embracing this time of the year and what Christmas really is and what it really means to us, as we're embracing this time of year, what we're embracing is that expression of the nature of the Father. He so loved you and I that he gave. In spite of us, in spite of all of our shortcomings, in spite of our mistakes, in spite of what humanity did, in spite of what Adam and Eve did in the garden and giving away the authority that God had given to mankind, in spite of all those things, he so loved us that he gave. And then, when we see the life of Jesus past his birth, we see scriptures in Hebrews 12 that says that the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and he despised the shame because he saw you and I. Well, He saw you and I through the eyes of the Father because he's the perfect expression of the nature of the Father. See? And so, this time of year, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, as we celebrate this time, it's, it's, I believe, vitally important that you and I meditate on this expression of life that actually happened. Um, One day I was... Um, and and when, when, I, when I use examples like what I'm going to use right now, I, I'm not against anybody, okay? I'm not against anybody. I don't care who you are, what you believe, or anything else. I'm not against anybody because all people were created in the image of God, amen? So I'm not against anyone. I'm just using this as an example of a, of a conversation that I had. But um, when, I first, when I first got born again... Um, in the first few years of my salvation, I was just around people that didn't like people that didn't believe what they did. And so they were against a lot of people, you know, and I kept thinking, man, you know, it it just didn't set right with me. So, you know, this guy gave me this series on, uh, on uh, why that the, um, uh, gosh, what's their names? The Mormons. <laughs> Hello. Uh, why the Mormons were some demonic group of people, you know? And I'm thinking, okay. Okay, so you got to be aware of the Mormons. And then they started telling me about other groups of people, you know? And they, they'd send me, they'd give me all this information, get me to watch these shows. you got to watch out for the, for the Jehovah Witnesses, you know? Okay, okay, I've got to watch out for them. All right. So, you know, I mean, I'd hear these things, but I didn't understand it because I'd never met the people. So one day, I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, minding my own business. I get a knock on my door, and it's these two guys in white shirts and black pants and ties. And they're standing out in front of my apartment. I lived in McAllen, Texas, and, and uh, standing out in front of my apartment, and they got these bicycles. And, man, they're just pouring sweat. I'm thinking, wow, dude, you need a drink of water, you know, something. I said, you know, can I give you a drink of water? Yeah, we'd love one. So we'd just like to talk to you about something. 
I said, what? I said, about God. I said, who are you? And they told me that they're on a two-year stint in McAllen, and they're riding bikes and telling people about God. I said, cool. Come on in. So they came in my house, and for the next two hours, we talked about God, talked about Jesus. I mean, and we were in agreement about everything, and I'm thinking, What's these, what are these people talking about that you've got to watch out for these people? I mean, we agreed on everything. And then we started talking about the blood. The brakes. But it helped me because I was able to understand that, you know? And so I said, well, okay, so tell me why you don't believe this. And, and, and where they were freaked out is about the virgin birth. That can't happen. If a man and a woman don't come together, there's no way to conceive. And, and so, so I listened to all his stuff. I said, now, I want you to listen to my interpretation. I was only three or four years old in the Lord, but man, I, man, I, boom, man, I hammered him. You know, not, not, not in a bad way. Just, man, I, I mean, I unloaded. They didn't know. I mean, I, I'm sure when they left my house, they probably had a calendar of different houses, you know, or a map, and they put a big X. Don't ever go back there and tell everybody. Don't go back there, you know. But, I mean, it was a great conversation, but I found out Things about what they believe. Well, the same thing happened with the Jehovah Witnesses. You know, I mean, we're in agreement about everything. And then the blood and that virgin birth. We back up. Because of what we believe. So, you understand, I'm not against anybody. You can believe, I mean, there's some of the most committed people I've ever met in my life in those organizations. I mean, committed. Committed to what they believe. But see... This time of year, we're here because we believe in something. We're talking about something. This is, this is a pulpit, not the literal pulpit, but this, this voice of just speaking out to this group of people and anybody that listens to our messages online. You know, the voice, we, we choose to talk about what the Bible says about this time of year, you know. And we're okay with how you want to celebrate it or whatever. But at the end of the day, this is about a birth that was a result of something that had never happened, that in the natural was impossible. It was impossible in the natural realm. Impossible. Look at, um, look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. This was an impossibility. Luke 1 and 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name, everybody say the virgin's name. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. 
He will be great and we will call, he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be, to, in his kingdom there, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Okay. Her question, her question was an, was an, a, an honest question. Okay. And, and not only was it an honest question, it was, it was a question that had concerns about the law. Because she wasn't married, and how could she be, how could she be impregnated? Because if she's conceived in her womb and she's not married, that's death. And that day, that was death. They'll take her out to the, to the city, to the edge of the city, and they'll stone her. See, so, so there, was, there was a lot involved in her question. And no, notice what happens. So she asks the one question, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, their, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. So then Mary's response is in verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be to me, let it be to me. What? Let conception be to me according to the word. And the angel departed. Let this, let this conception happen in my womb according to the word of God. According to what God said, she believed. Okay? Defying all natural situations, she believed what the word of the Lord said. Today, as we read in Hebrews 1, before God spoke through the prophets, spoke through angels, he spoke through different things, but now, now, in this dispensation of time, he speaks to us through his son. And the fact that he was conceived... And he grew in the womb and he was birthed, a normal birth, and he lived a life, and he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, and for three years of ministry, he demonstrated to the earth the nature and the express image of the Father to planet earth, and then he died a death that no one had ever died, and he came back to life like no other man has come to life and ascended to the right hand of the Father, and that expression now is here for you and I. The perfect expression of life was demonstrated through the conception in Mary's womb of the Son of God, of the living Word, of the person who would liberate all of mankind. And it was impossible. And yet, the angel said, nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Come on, say it again. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, I want you to just follow with me just for a few minutes, and, and, and I want to bring this to a conclusion today with where I believe God has you and I in the earth and why we're here. So many people lack purpose. So many people on planet earth lack a purpose. Because we're looking for purpose in all the wrong places. 
We're looking for purpose in our vocations. Our vocations should be tools. Our jobs, our careers should be tools to fulfill the purpose and the plan of God. And when you, when you see yourself through that perfect expression of life, when you see yourself through that, then you realize why you're on planet Earth. You're not here just to work a job, to exist, to pay your bills, and to save money, and to look like you're successful, and those kind of things. We're here for a purpose and a plan. And so, just hear me when I, as we talk about a couple of things. Um, so... In, the, in this verse, in verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit, when she asked the question, how would it be since she does not know a man, says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest shall come upon you. In the second chapter... And the ninth verse, and this was during his birth, verse 9 it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory, or the brightness of the Lord, shone or overshadowed around them, and they were greatly afraid. Everybody say the glory of the Lord. The brightness of the Lord. Jesus is the express image of the nature of the Father. In other words, everything that he is to you and I is a result of what he brought from heaven to earth. He left the riches of heaven to come to the poverty of this earth so that you and I could be rich and wealthy. And I'm not just talking about in monetary ways, rich and wealthy in the fullness of God in everything that we do. He brought heaven to earth And he is that expression, that perfect expression of life to humanity. That's who he is. In Exodus chapter 40, I'm just taking one verse of scripture from the Old Testament and giving you just an example of this glory and this this brightness uh, of God. In Exodus chapter 40... And we see here, as, as Moses, it says, if you back up in this chapter and you read a number of different verses, as Moses, as Moses was commanded by God, he did. Over and over and over again, it says, as Moses was commanded by God, Moses did. Moses did as he was commanded by God. And in verse 34, it says, then, as a result of his obedience... Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, on this side of the cross, where is the tabernacle? This? No. This. This. This is the tabernacle. Out of Moses' obedience... The glory of the Lord, the brightness of God, the express image of the Father, 
shown upon that tabernacle to the place that Moses couldn't even enter it for the fear of death. So in the Old Testament, it was their obedience that created the brightness. In Mary's situation, that created new life. In Mary's situation, it was obedience to believing that what God said was true. And in that place, conception happened. And what I'm going to show you in the next few verses of Scripture is that when you and I need new life manifested in us, conception comes from what? Conception comes from receiving what God said is true and then walking it out. Right? She said, so be it according to the word of God, and it was so. An, a, a supernatural, impossible situation happened that affected all of mankind. What can happen as a result of his obedience? What can happen in your and my lives where our lives affect humanity through him when we see that perfect expression manifested in us? What can happen? The whole world, the whole world that we see around us is in absolute turmoil. Some people say it's the worst they've ever seen. Well, if you'd have interviewed somebody in 1933, they'd have said it's the worst they've ever seen. If you'd have interviewed somebody during the Civil War, they'd say this is the worst we've ever seen. If you interviewed anybody at different times of catastrophes through the years, they, people think, well, you know, it's, it's the end of the world. It's the end of time. It's the end of this. It's the end of that. It's like nothing ever. But see... It depends on what world that you're viewing. Depends on what world and, and, and whose set of eyes that we're looking through. Depends on the expression that is affecting us, the, the thoughts and opinions that are affecting us. If the thoughts and opinions of people that don't know God are affecting you, I promise you, you're not seeing through those eyes and you're looking at things in the world and the fears of the world and they'll overtake you. But when you look through the eyes of, the, of, of Jesus, who is the perfect expression of the Father and his thoughts and feelings about planet Earth and your life, when you look through that, you're looking through a whole different world. Different world. And I don't know about you, but my world, the world that I live in to affect other people's lives, if it's not framed by the Word of God, then it's framed by something else. And when my world is framed by the Word of God, then I can affect that world with the expression of life. Hmm? And so when I drive by the courthouse, we, we do still have a manger scene at the courthouse, right? Yeah, I think we do. So when you drive by the courthouse and you see the manger scene, you, you, you don't want to see that as some political battle. That's God, we're going to get that stinking manger scene and it's going to remain here. All right. In the spirit of what? That's God, we're going to fight them to the end. They're going to take our manger scene out. They're going to keep us from praying in the schools and we're going to keep it. We've been deceived. And this is just my opinion, but we've been deceived. I don't mean we're not to stand for things and stand up for whatever God tells you. But you can't just stand up for something because it seems like it. 
We've got to stand for what's right. Nobody is going to keep me from praying anywhere. You know and I don't even have to be offensive about it. I've been in D.C. a number of times, and I've been in the rotunda there in D.C., and I'm praying in the Spirit. Real loud, screaming. No, I'm not. I, I, I don't have to pray like that. I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm making a difference. I stood before the justice, the Supreme Court and, and, and the justice building. I stood out on the steps out there. I didn't have to have tape over my mouth. And if that's someone else's conviction, don't get me wrong. Don't get mad at me because I'm saying some things that are absolutely true. We've got to make a difference from within so that what we do in the natural, it affects people. It doesn't offend people. See, and, and I don't, I'm not saying that your actions won't bring offenses because they will. But I'm not in this thing to battle toe-to-toe with people on their level. I'm here supernaturally through the perfect expression of life to battle and deal with life through the eyes of Jesus, which is the expression of the heart of the Father. God loves every person whether you like them or not. No matter what they believe. Huh? I'll just tell you right now, the Mormons aren't bad people. You know, you say, yeah, but you don't, okay, whatever. I mean, what about you? Let's talk about your life. Let's pull the curtain back in your life and talk about some of the stupid things you do. They're not bad people. If that's our focus, it's a wrong focus. Our focus needs to be on helping people and allowing the Holy Ghost in us and the expression of life in us to make a difference all around other people. Any of you ever had a two-hour conversation? with sweating guys in white shirts and black ties that ride bicycles around? Any of you all ride bicycles around and sweat 105 degree weather and tell people about God? They're committed people. Hmm? But the brakes get on when it comes to the blood and the birth of Jesus and how it happened. And they needed to hear from me. You know what I prayed that day? I mean, I think about it a lot. Those two guys walked out of my house that day. You know what I prayed? Lord, I thank you that the word that I sowed in them will not return void, but accomplish what I set it out to accomplish. I don't know where those guys are. But the end result of what I shared with them was salvation. Hmm? And my prayer was that they get delivered. Who's to know who? You know, the Bible says, one plants, one waters, God brings the increase. Right? So when, when did that happen? I don't know, but my faith, I mean, I haven't thought about those guys every single day, but at different times I think about them, and I thank God for the word that I sowed in their heart, and it didn't return void. And that somewhere down the road, they came to the saving knowledge of God. If they haven't yet, they will. Amen? And that's the power that you and I have. That's the expression of who God is that we have in our hearts that, that is, it's, it's greater than silver and gold. It's greater than your career. It's greater than anything else. And God puts you here so that whatever career and endeavor that you've stepped into, that you can be that light in a natural way to, to draw people to him and not press, push people away. Amen? God created us to be lights in the midst of darkness. Amen? Amen. 
So he's the, the glory, the brightness. So on that day with Moses for the deliverance of the children of Israel, in that passage in Exodus 40, there was conception made there because of the glory of the Lord. It wasn't conception like in Mary's womb. It was conception of life being manifested and delivering people. It was just a, it, it was a type and shadow of what would come through Jesus Christ. And, and like I said a, a moment ago, Mary, when she believed God, it created the conception. And, and on this side of the cross, when you and I believe God, there's conception made. You and I believe God for certain things, life is manifested. There, there, there begins to be a difference. When we, when we took those, when the, whoever took those throws to the people at the treatment centers, there's something that is making a difference. And, and I'm telling you about it here, but that's not what we told those people. We just wanted to give them a little reading and give them a card, and if we can do anything for them, we, we didn't. We didn't get all religious and all stuffy with them and try to whatever. Man, they're in a tough time. They're in some really tough times. I've been there. I've sat with people, and it's a tough time. And it is the one of the most scariest times of anything that you'll ever experience. So we gave them some life. Is that working? It is because we're believing it's working. Amen? And we did out of obedience what God told us to do. So the brightness and the express image of God is shining in those situations. That's where we make the difference. That's where we were created to make a difference. To stand up, yes, come into agreement. Yes, stand for certain things. But they've got to be things that are convictions of our heart, not just going through the motions of just, you know, standing for something and getting on the bandwagon and and being mad at people about certain things. That's not going to produce anything. Or it's not going to produce the results that God is wanting to flow through you. John 1. It's got a couple of verses and I'm going to be done. Bring this to a close. John chapter 1. And I just want you to see this expression. It's all through the Bible. These are just a few verses. John 1.1. 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Now watch this. And in him was life, that perfect expression of life. Watch this. And the life was the light of men. And what did the light do? And the light shines in the darkness... And the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 5, in the Amplified, just just listen to the, if it's not on the screen, just listen to this in the Amplified, verse 5. So so verse 4 said, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay? The illumination, the expression of men. And the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it. (laughs) Ha, ha has never put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it and is unreceptive to it. So the darkness, as, it, as, it, as the light comes through you and I because our focus is on this perfect expression of who Jesus is, 
and we deliver the word of God and we allow the, that expression of the love and of our giving and of our doing as God tells us to do, the darkness has never stopped the light. And, and the scriptures say over and over again, we, I, mean, I, I could sit here for the next 10 minutes and quote scriptures, one like this. Darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord shall what? Arise. And the light of God shall shine on not just who Jesus was, but what Jesus came for so that the light would be the life of men. And that the light would shine through men and that expression through you and I would let people know that there's really a Father in heaven. Woo! Glory to Jesus. Come on. Amen? Verse 14. And the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us and we beheld what? His glory, his brightness, huh? The, 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 the radiance, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's the truth about the begotten. Here's the truth. <clears throat> when Mary said, so be it, I make myself available, what happened was, and, and we don't have any children in here, so we're big people. What happened was, the sperm of God, the Father, penetrated the womb of Mary. And she became impregnated with the only Son of God. And I don't know about you, but my mind goes tilt with that. My mind... My mind can't get that. But after 37 years of salvation, my spirit man goes, yes. Hmm? That's what makes us different. That's what makes, when I say us, that's, that's what makes those. See, there's only two race of people on the planet. Saved and unsaved. Okay? We're, we're all, some of, us, some of us on planet earth are a little darker than the next. It's just because we're made out of a little darker dirt. Because all we are is just dirt and water, right? When you start getting really impressed with yourself, just remember you're just a, several buckets of dirt and several buckets of water mixed together. And some people's dirt is a little darker than the next person, but we're all the same. Two races of people, saved and unsaved. But all humanity was created for salvation because hell was not created for mankind. Hell was created for the devil and his demons. People choose and all that kind of deal. They choose what the direction that they want to go. But listen, I'm telling you, I've never met a person, I've never met somebody in my presence that had the opportunity to really understand the truth. Those two Mormon boys, the day that I shared with them about the blood of Jesus and the birth of Jesus, it shocked them because nobody had ever taught them that because they had kept that away from them. And when I told them, they were shocked. They didn't argue with me. They said, wow. 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 That's why? That's why that word I sowed in them is coming to pass. Everybody you share with, you can believe the same exact thing. Word doesn't return void. Accomplishes. Why? Because the word became flesh and he dwelt among us and his brightness and the express image of who God and the Father is through the Son is what he came here to give to you and I. 
My responsibility on planet earth, the will of God for every one of our lives, our number one above, before you do anything else, is to get revelation that you are a minister of reconciliation. So whatever you do, whatever you go, whatever purpose and plan that you have on planet earth, it's to redeem mankind back to God. And that is what the birth of Jesus has established and set for you and I. Can you say amen to that? He's given it to us. So, Romans 5, and I'll end with this. Romans 5 and verse 12. This is where, this is what he's set up for you and I right here. Therefore, just as one man sinned, one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. In other words, what Adam did in the garden, now it, it was passed down to all men. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of transgression of Adam, who's a type of him who was to come. Adam was, Adam was the first one created in the image of God. Jesus became the second Adam is what this passage tells us. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense, Adam's, many died, everybody say much more. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. The free gift came from the fact that we had all sinned. There's not one of us righteous, him alone. And what he did makes us righteous. That's what he says. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. That's what the whole purpose of his birth was about. The moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden for the next 4,000 years that we know of, For the next 4,000 years, God prepared a plan for redemption. And that redemption, that redemption was complete the moment that Mary said, so be it. According to your word, I receive it. She was impregnated, and the rest is history. Amen? Because the moment she was conceived, I mean, I mean, all kinds of things started trying to happen to take him out. And you're not going to take God out. Amen. I'm just telling you, you're not going to take him out. <laughs> they tried everything that they could do. I'm telling you today, you're not going to take God out in America. Well, America's going to. Huh? And it's not just America. You, you name any nation of the world, many nations have gone through some very, 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 very difficult time. Most of the people that are alive today, when you think of Russia, you, you think, ah, for the last, you know, 600 years it's been horrible in, in that. No, no, no. That's just been in the last 100 years. 
See, before the last 100 years, 120 years in Russia, things weren't like they are today. See, most people don't know about that. So they went through a good long stretch of dictatorship and things where, 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 there, were, where there was communist rule. But I'm telling you, the church is in Russia today. And I tell you what, things are happening in Russia that the news media don't tell you nothing about because the word became flesh, he dwelt among men, and men got into Russia, and the word is not returning void, and people are getting saved by the hundreds of thousands in Russia. I'm telling you, in Africa. This couple right here ministering in Africa and different countries of the world and saw thousands of people through the years saved as a result of that because they took the commission of God and did what God said. See, because the word, and the word that they put out there in all the countries that they went, it's not return and void. It's accomplishing things because Jesus is that perfect expression of the life of God. And that's the way God thinks. And that's, those are his feelings on the whole issue. And I'm telling you, he doesn't agree with what CNN and Fox News and everybody else says about the condition of the future and where things are going. Now they may line up with him, but he doesn't get his he doesn't get his information about the future from Shep. Okay? I like Shep. Like all those people. Whatever. Like them all. I'm just saying that's not where God gets his stuff. God's already done it all. Can you say amen? He's already done it all. Man. So allow these words. You, you can go on our website, gatesofthecity.org, uh, and, and go to the podcast and, and go to wherever, wherever on there. You, you'll, you'll follow it. And our messages are on there. And, and, and listen to these messages. And, and just be aware of this season and even into the beginnings of the year about how important it is for you to, to allow the express image of the Father to flow through you as a result of you seeing who you are in Him. Amen?